You're listening to Trucking Questions from the Audio Road with Kevin Rutherford. This is the show that puts the money where it belongs, back in your pocket. You can ask questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, tax, technology, or anything else about the business of trucking. Here we go. Let's head on down the audio road. Welcome to the program. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. The show is all about the business of trucking. If you've got questions about trucks, money, fuel mileage, maintenance, tires, taxes, technology, getting started as an owner-operator, finding freight, working with brokers, whatever it might be. I want to remind you about our new recording schedule and uh, grab something to write with or put a reminder in your phone. It's really the best way to do this. Every Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoon at 1 p.m. Eastern time, we now do recorded hours, and it's real easy to join us during that time. In fact, all you have to do is dial a phone number. And I'm going to give you that phone number right now. So write it down. It's 347-884-8327. Again, that's 347-884-8327. All you do is dial the number, and you can just sit and listen. Or if you have a question, a comment, a topic, whatever it might be, at any time you press 1, we can screen the call and, and get you on the air with us. So put a reminder in your phone. That's really the best way. So on those days, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday afternoons, 1 o'clock, put a reminder in your phone, put the phone number there. And then when it's time, you just dial the number and you join us and you can just sit and listen or you can ask a question. So one more time, that number is 347 884 8327. You can also check us out on the web at letstruck.com. Follow us on Facebook. That's facebook.com uh, forward slash let's truck. Or you can look up my personal page, which is Kevin Rutherford. We're going to get to some phone calls. Let's go ahead and get started. We're going to head off to Tennessee. Jonathan, thanks for calling. Welcome to the program. Hey, good afternoon, Kevin. This is Jonathan. Um, I had a question about your audio books. Um, I never read a book before, so <laughs> what would be the best book to get for audio books? And do the audio books come on a CD? That's something you just pop in your CD player, or uh, you know, you can still get some audio books available on CD. Probably your best bet for those kind would be libraries. Uh, just go to the public libraries. You can get, you know, audio books on CD. Most audio books today are downloads. So the easiest way to listen, the easiest way to get set up to listen to either podcasts or audio books or both is with a smartphone. And then if you have a stereo in your truck that has an auxiliary in jack, so you can do a, a mini stereo, you run it from the phone to the radio, and then you can play your audio through there. But uh, downloads are really the best way to go. Okay. What, what, um, what do you think I ought to start with? What do you think I ought to start with first? Uh, I'm not really sure. Okay. You know, you mentioned that you've That's never right. really read a book. You're not alone. You're in the majority. Right. The majority of people after high school really don't ever read another book. So... 
Uh, this is a great way to get started. I, I would stick. There are some easy ones in my list, some three and four hour really quick reads. One that comes to mind is um, uh, The Fred Factor. That's a, a good one, probably only like three hours long, but a really good message. Um, what, I hear you talk about, uh, what's his name, Larry Wingett? Larry, 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 like Larry Wingett's books are excellent. If you're going to get one of his books, it, I'll tell you right now, a great book for you to start with, and we're doing this on the the book club podcast, The Road Scholar, and uh, the title of the book is It's Called Work for a Reason, and that's Larry Wingett, and right. uh, we're going to be reviewing that one. So you could certainly start with that one. Oh, okay. Because um, I own my own truck and trailer and everything, and you know, I truck and trailer space. Uh, I'm just excellent. Else to really do, you know. Good. Well, you know the the great thing about books is that they they get me thinking every time I sit down and read a book that has anything to do with business or goals or leadership or. I, I start thinking. I get new ideas, and and sometimes they're really big ideas. Other times they're just little right. tiny tweaks to what I already do, but they make it better. You know the the CMC, right. which is a huge program now. I mean, two hundred and fifty people every year for five days. Yeah. We're sold out. We have a big waiting list. That program, the idea for that program, came while I was reading a book. Oh, okay, that's good. Yeah, it, yeah, it, that, just um, you know, we driving all day, like you say, we driving all day, and we got if you're not on the phone, you know, yeah, you don't want to listen to the TV all day. Yeah, exactly. And there's so much good material. The other thing I would recommend you do when you're listening is have a, a recorder nearby, whether it's your phone, you know, with an app or just a small portable recorder, whatever it is, use a recorder to take notes while you're driving. So, you know, if you're using uh, a, an iPhone, Siri works great for that kind of stuff. I'm sure Android has apps that are, are voice activated that you could do the same thing. The, the, I, I remember exactly where I was sitting. I remember the book that I was reading. I remember, it, and it wasn't necessarily the idea for the CMC. I had had the idea for the CMC for a long time. I think it was the motivation to do it. I, I was reading a book, and it was about marketing, and the author talked about a seminar series that he did for dry cleaners, and he charged $10,000 to come to the seminar for a week. And I thought, man, if he can charge $10,000 to dry cleaners for a seminar, I have great material. I, I could easily do a seminar for owner-operators and I'd only have to charge a thousand dollars, and so that I I remember setting the book down and walking over to my desk and starting to work on the idea for the CMC, and I I buried myself in it uh, actually for several months after that, till we got the program up and running and launched. Every time I read books, I get good ideas. Let's go to Kentucky, Kelly. Welcome to the program. Hey, Kevin. Can you hear me okay? I can. You sound great. Go ahead. All right. I just got two quick questions for you today. Um, right now, we've we've got a 293 rear end in this truck, and I, I hear you talking about the 279s a lot. 
How much is that going to change our speed down the road or, or the RPMs of the motor? Uh, if you go from 293s to 279s, it's about 75 RPM. So it, it, if you were typically at 1,500 at a certain speed, you'd now be at about 1,425. That's 75 RPM, and that would just be those couple of miles an hour, and, yeah. and that would be... Yeah, okay. you know, we've we've found that the 293s with the Series 60 can work if you really drive the truck slow. 55 to 57, it works great. Anything past that and the fuel mileage starts dropping off pretty quick. Okay. Uh, other question is uh, for teams. I, I always hear it seems to be about 65000 I think, is the yearly profit. For a solo driver, um, but if if there's two of us in the truck, how does that change when we switch over to taxiing as an escort? Uh, well, the the now the two of you in the team are you married? Not yet. Okay, planning on getting married? I think so. Okay. Yeah. That might not be a fair question to ask on the radio. huh? Um, so it, it still works out the same, but it's for each individual now. So we would do the same thing. If you've got a, a married couple in an S corp, we pay each one a salary and then we take draws after that. And again, the same idea, we're trying to lower that Social Security and Medicare tax. But it would it's going to be about the same thing. Each individual is going to try to take a salary of about 45, which means, you know, now if we have two people drawing a salary of 45, if our profit isn't significantly over 90, it probably doesn't make any sense to be an S-Corp. Okay. So right. same That'll same concept, then, you know, we, we just have to look at the tax return at the time. So I recommend not, not really rushing into that S-Corp, but, you know, getting a chance to see what the numbers are really going to be. And which, which way would marriage change? Because you, you asked if, if we were married. Yeah. Which, be, what does that change? Well, because when you're, if it's two separate tax returns, now we don't have to have quite as much profit to make this make sense. We could do the S-Corp on a smaller amount of profit and still have an advantage because we're working on two tax returns. And married filing separate doesn't solve the problem. Stick around. We'll be right back. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. You can find us on Facebook as well. Look for Let's Truck and look for my personal page, Kevin Ruff. I'm Kevin Rutherford. We'll be right back. Stick around.
Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to uh, we're going to go right back to some phone calls. We're going to head off to Tucson this time. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi. What's on your mind today? Um, I'm having problem with an accountant uh, issue. Um, I had an EA that filed our LLC for us, taxing as an S corp. And he did a partial year for 2012 and all of 2013. And in June of 13, I got a letter from IRS stating that they hadn't received the form 2553 and 8832. So I contacted the accountant and he said he had copies in the file. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of it. And um, he indicated it was not going to be a problem. Don't worry. Well, in 2013, um, the returns, I got the same letter and he said it was not a problem. Don't worry about them. I'm going to send them a letter. And I've been dealing with that off and on. And now he's getting insulting saying IRS doesn't work overnight. This is not a problem. They lost it. It'll be corrected with a letter, but I'm really getting very worried about whether he's doing this and what I need to do. You know, I, I'd start to get a little worried at this point, too. There, there's no question. Things can go wrong. He may have overlooked sending the letter, it may have gotten lost in the mail. The IRS might have lost it. Who knows? So you bring it to his attention. He says he's going to clear it up. But but now, you know, it's getting uncomfortable. He's upset you know at this point i think i would start looking for another ea and i'd like your choice of using an ea i think eas are are better when it comes to tax work but they're not all good and maybe this guy just isn't really on the ball i i I think i might try a, a second ea let them see if they can go get this taken care of and if they can and this other guy's still screwing around with it Maybe that's a sign you need somebody else to do your taxes anyway. I do. I didn't know. Uh, I was wondering if you guys had gotten anywhere on yours. I'd just really like to change over there. This guy seems like he's a good enough accountant, but his communication's terrible. Yeah, and see, that's not good because th- this stuff is critical. Somebody's got to stay on top of it. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's we don't want to be getting letters from the IRS and dealing with this. And if... If he can't seem to take care of it, you need somebody that you can communicate with, that you're comfortable with. Uh, we're we're not quite there yet. We've launched the service. We're working on it in the background. Uh, we will be doing tax returns this season. We will be taking on uh, full-service bookkeeping clients. We're just not quite ready yet. We have a, a small waiting list that we're going to launch the service uh, on a very small scale to make sure we've got all the issues, the bugs worked out, customer service will be good. So we're, we're close, but I can't promise anybody that will be open for business completely uh, quite yet. Okay. So I have been trying to read on the Internet, which is more than I ever wanted to know about this. This is why I pay somebody. Right. But they indicated that you can file a late form. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, everything can be fixed. Everything can be corrected with the IRS. If we didn't file a form, we go back and file it. Now, here's the thing. If 
based on what you're telling me, I don't think there are going to be any penalties because the forms we're talking about aren't going to affect the tax. I mean, the tax is what it is. The form didn't get filed, but so what? We'll go file it. If for some reason there's any sort of a penalty here, I, I think it's on the EA. I mean, he can blame the IRS all he wants, but ultimately, you know, he was the one you entrusted him to file this. It didn't get done. He can fight with the IRS about it. But if there's any money, I, I would hold him responsible for that. But I, I think we're getting to the point oh. where you might want to try somebody else to get this problem solved. And, and I wouldn't wait for us. Just just find somebody, get it done. I mean, when we do launch our service, we'd love to have you as a client, but I don't want to I don't want you to hold on waiting for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well I've been beginning to lose sleep over how much a big of a mess this is gonna be, so I at least wanted to know that. So. Yeah, well let me let me help you out there. Don't lose any sleep because in the big scheme of things this is not a big deal. It's a headache, it's an annoyance, but it's not any big deal. Okay. Perfect. And we just uh, got notification that we were on the waiting list for CMC, so we will be seeing you next year, and we're really excited about it. Excellent. Is this your first CMC? It is. Oh, boy. Yes. You you are in for a treat. You know, every year it gets better. I, I'm getting excited about this year's CMC. We have some new stuff we'll be doing, and uh, it's just that I'm very excited about it. Let's go to Oklahoma. Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have a question about real estate. Okay. Um, I'm I'm looking at a lot that I can buy. Uh, Fence it, build a shop on it, park my truck there, work on the truck there, things like that. My question, I guess, is how should I buy this? Should I buy it as an individual? Should I buy it within my current trucking corporation? Should I buy it as a real estate LLC? What's what's the best way to go about this? Okay, since you have a corporation, what you want to do, here's the problem. The land itself is not tax deductible. Mm-hmm. We can't depreciate land at all. So you get no tax break for buying the land. The fence, the building, driveways, improvements, you have to deduct over 27 and a half years. So you get virtually no deduction for those. Nothing to speak of. It's so small because we have to spread it out so far that it, it, you really don't even notice that it's helped your tax return. But if you buy this as an individual, so you're going to buy it in your name, you individually mm-hmm. will own the property. You individually will build and own all the improvements, the building, the fence, everything. Then what you're going right. to do is lease it to your corporation. And here's what that does. You will still have to pay tax on the revenue that the corporation is paying you individually. But because it's rental real estate, you won't pay Social Security and Medicare tax on it. You're only going to pay income tax. So it, it's it's okay. another way of avoiding some of the Social Security and Medicare tax and getting a write-off. The, the corporation will be able to write off all of its lease payments. You will have to show okay. those lease payments as income as an individual, but it's ordinary income and all you'll pay is income tax on it. So that's the best way to build that building and get a reasonably good tax break for it. 
Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. And as far as the, the rental price goes, obviously, the more you charge the corporation in rent, the more we're saving. But you've got to be reasonable. So what I always do is I check, you know, rental real estate square foot price and I go to the top. You know, if I, I look at the low price, the average price, the top price, I charge the average or the top price in the area. And you, you can justify that pretty easily. Let's go to West Virginia. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for taking my call, Kevin. How are you today? Good. What can I help you with? All right. I got a truck you love to hate. I've got an old four Western Star with a Detroit in it. Um, I've gone about working on this thing kind of backwards, but uh, I'm finally looking at putting an OPS system on, and I wonder if it's an ideal time to go a synthetic or I just stick with the uh, good old standard oil. Uh, what do we know about this engine as far as oil consumption? Uh, about a quarter of a gallon, about twelve to 14,000 miles. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I never top off, you know, a quarter, a half gallon. I wait until it's a gallon low. And with those kind of numbers, you could easily switch to synthetic. I would recommend it. All righty. Oh, good. Uh, I'm pretty darn pleased with this truck. I bought it from the original owner. And uh, can't, couldn't be happier. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, it's a, it can be a bit of a pig on fuel some days, but uh, most of the time it's pretty good. Excellent. Well, anytime we have a pre-emission truck that isn't giving us any problems, I like to do whatever I have to do to keep that truck. It, it, we've even gone to extremes and, and shown that even if you were to put sixty or $75,000 into one of these trucks, new paint, new, you know, take it down to the frame, clean it all up, new bushings everywhere, a lot of upgrades. I mean, you can spend crazy amounts of money on these trucks, and it still makes total sense. So don't hesitate. If you've got an older pre-emission truck and you're wondering – if it's worth putting money into, in my opinion, it is. There's nothing on those trucks that we can't fix, and there's nothing on those trucks that we can't troubleshoot and figure out. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can to convince people to hold on to those trucks. All right, I've got to get to a break. You can check us out on the web. It's letstruck.com. You can also find us on Facebook, so go to Facebook and look for our company page, which is Let's Truck, or my personal page, which is Kevin Rutherford. And if you have any questions, if you need any help with anything at all, just give us a call directly. That number is 855-800-FUEL, 855-800-3835. That gets us, that gets you right to the Let's Truck team, and we can help you out with whatever you need. We'll be right back. Stick around for more stuff. I'm Kevin Rutherford. Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is Let's Truck.com. 
We're going to uh, we're going to go right back to some phone calls. We're going to head off to Tucson this time. Cindy, welcome to the program. Hi. What's on your mind today? Um, I'm having problem with an accountant uh, issue. Um, I had an EA that filed our LLC for us, taxing as an S corp. And he did a partial year for 2012 and all of 2013. And in June of 13, I got a letter from IRS stating that they hadn't received the form 2553 and 8832. So I contacted the accountant and he said he had copies in the file. Don't worry about it. He'll take care of it. And um, he indicated it was not going to be a problem. Don't worry. Well, in 2013, um, the returns, I got the same letter and he said it was not a problem. Don't worry about them. I'm going to send them a letter. And I've been dealing with that off and on. And now he's getting insulting saying IRS doesn't work overnight. This is not a problem. They lost it. It'll be corrected with a letter, but I'm really getting very worried about whether he's doing this and what I need to do. You know, I, I'd start to get a little worried at this point, too. There, there's no question. Things can go wrong. He may have overlooked sending the letter, may have gotten lost in the mail. The IRS might have lost it. Who knows? So you bring it to his attention. He says he's going to clear it up. But but now, you know, it's getting uncomfortable. He's upset you know at this point i think i would start looking for another ea and i like your choice of using an ea i think eas are are better when it comes to tax work but they're not all good and maybe this guy just isn't really on the ball i i I think i might try a, a second ea let them see if they can go get this taken care of and if they can and this other guy's still screwing around with it Maybe that's a sign you need somebody else to do your taxes anyway. I do. I had notes. Uh, I was wondering if you guys had gotten anywhere on yours. I'd just really like to change over there. This guy seems like he's a good enough accountant, but his communication is terrible. Yeah, and see, that's not good because th- this stuff is critical. Somebody's got to stay on top of it. You know, it's not a big deal, but it's we don't want to be getting letters from the IRS and dealing with this. And if... If he can't seem to take care of it, you need somebody that you can communicate with, that you're comfortable with. Uh, we're we're not quite there yet. We've launched the service. We're working on it in the background. Uh, we will be doing tax returns this season. We will be taking on uh, full-service bookkeeping clients. We're just not quite ready yet. We have a, a small waiting list that we're going to launch the service uh, on a very small scale to make sure we've got all the issues, the bugs worked out, customer service will be good. So we're, we're close, but I can't promise anybody that will be open for business completely uh, quite yet. Okay. So I have been trying to read on the Internet, which is more than I ever wanted to know about this. This is why I pay somebody. Right. But they indicated that you can file a late form. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, everything can be fixed. Everything can be corrected with the IRS. If we didn't file a form, we go back and file it. Now, here's the thing. If 
based on what you're telling me, I don't think there are going to be any penalties because the forms we're talking about aren't going to affect the tax. I mean, the tax is what it is. The form didn't get filed, but so what? We'll go file it. If for some reason there's any sort of a penalty here, I, I think it's on the EA. I mean, he can blame the IRS all he wants, but ultimately, you know, he was the one you entrusted him to file this. It didn't get done. He can fight with the IRS about it. But if there's any money, I, I would hold him responsible for that. But I, I think we're getting to the point oh. where you might want to try somebody else to get this problem solved. And and I wouldn't wait for us. Just just find somebody, get it done. I mean, when we do launch our service, we'd love to have you as a client, but I don't want to. I don't want you to hold on waiting for that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, I've been beginning to lose sleep over how much big of a mess this is going to be, so I at least wanted to know that. So. Yeah. Well, let me let me help you out there. Don't lose any sleep because in the big scheme of things, this is not a big deal. It's a headache. It's an annoyance, but it's not any big deal. Okay. Perfect. And we just... Uh, got notification that we were on the waiting list for CMC. So we will be seeing you next year and we're really excited about it. Excellent. Is this your first CMC? It is. Oh boy. Yes. You you are in for a treat. You know, every year it gets better. I, I'm getting excited about this year's CMC. We have some new stuff we'll be doing and uh, it's just that I'm very excited about it. Let's go to uh, Oklahoma. Rob, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. I have a question about real estate. Okay. Um, I'm, I'm looking at a lot that I can buy, uh, fence it, build a shop on it, park my truck there, work on the truck there, things like that. My question, I guess, is how should I buy this? Should I buy it as an individual? Should I buy it within my current trucking corporation? Should I buy it as a real estate LLC? What's what's the best way to go about this? Okay, since you have a corporation, what you want to do, here's the problem. The land itself is not tax deductible. Mm-hmm. We can't depreciate land at all. So you get no tax break for buying the land. The fence, the building, driveways, improvements, you have to deduct over 27 and a half years. So you get virtually no deduction for those. Nothing to speak of. It's so small because we have to spread it out so far that it, it, you really don't even notice that it's helped your tax return. But if you buy this as an individual, so you're going to buy it in your name, you individually Mm -hmm. will own the property. You individually will build and own all the improvements, the building, the fence, everything. Then what you're going to do is lease it to your corporation. And here's what that does. You will still have to pay tax on the revenue that the corporation is paying you individually. But because it's rental real estate, you won't pay Social Security and Medicare tax on it. You're only going to pay income tax. So it's it's another way of avoiding some of the Social Security and Medicare tax and getting a write-off, the the corporation will be able to write off all of its lease payments. You will have to show those lease payments as income as an individual, but it's ordinary income and all you'll pay is income tax on it. So that's the best way to build that building and get a reasonably good tax break for it. 
Okay. Sounds great. Thanks, Kevin. You're welcome. And as far as the, the rental price goes, obviously, the more you charge the corporation in rent, the more we're saving. But you've got to be reasonable. So what I always do is I check, you know, rental real estate square foot price and I go to the top. You know, if I, I look at the low price, the average price, the top price, I charge the average or the top price in the area. And you, you can justify that pretty easily. Let's go to West Virginia. Michael, welcome to the program. Well, thank you for taking my call, Kevin. How are you today? Good. What can I help you with? All right. I got a truck you love to hate. I've got an old four Western Star with a Detroit in it. Um, I've gone about working on this thing kind of backwards, but uh, I'm finally looking at putting an OPS system on, and I wonder if it's an ideal time to go to synthetic or I just stick with the uh, good old standard oil. Uh, what do we know about this engine as far as oil consumption? Uh, about a quarter of a gallon, about twelve to 14,000 miles. Oh, yeah. And, and I, I never top off, you know, a quarter, a half gallon. I wait until it's a gallon low. And with those kind of numbers, you could easily switch to synthetic. I would recommend it. All righty. Oh, good. Uh, I'm pretty darn pleased with this truck. I bought it from the original owner. And uh, can't, couldn't be happier. Excellent. Excellent. So, yeah, it's a, it can be a bit of a pig on fuel some days, but uh, most of the time it's pretty good. Excellent. Well, anytime we have a pre-emission truck that isn't giving us any problems, I like to do whatever I have to do to keep that truck. It, it, we've even gone to extremes and, and shown that even if you were to put sixty or $75,000 into one of these trucks, new paint, new, you know, take it down to the frame, clean it all up, new bushings everywhere, a lot of upgrades. I mean, you can spend crazy amounts of money on these trucks, and it still makes total sense. So don't hesitate. If you've got an older pre-emission truck and you're wondering – if it's worth putting money into, in my opinion, it is. There's nothing on those trucks that we can't fix, and there's nothing on those trucks that we can't troubleshoot and figure out. So I'm, I'm doing everything I can to convince people to hold on to those trucks. All right, I've got to get to a break. You can check us out on the web. It's letstruck.com. You can also find us on Facebook, so go to Facebook and look for our company page, which is Let's Truck, or my personal page, which is Kevin Rutherford. And if you have any questions, if you need any help with anything at all, just give us a call directly. That number is 855 855- Welcome back. I'm Kevin Rutherford. The website is letstruck.com. We're going to go right back to the phones. I was talking with Ricky in Louisiana. Ricky, you still with me? Yes, I am. Okay, so I, I've read this over and over and over. Now, if you were to take a tractor and put on a big custom sleeper, 
that would be a, an upgrade. That would be something you would have to depreciate. But we've always depreciated stuff like that. But not repairs. Repairs over $500, that is insane. I've been all through this. I, I Like I say, I don't know whether the accountant misspoke or whether the people misheard, but I've been all over this, and I don't see that at all. I see that we only have to do it if it's, it's significant upgrades. Now, and let me tell you, I'm going to take this a little further. You could say something like the FAST system, which will cost you, you know, about $1,500 installed. That's an upgrade. You know what? There is no way I'm depreciating it. I'm just not. Here's the other thing to remember about this. Whether we depreciate it or take it as a, a, an expense, if we were audited, which the, the odds are pretty slim anyway, but if we were, and the IRS says, wait a minute, you put a FAS on, that's an upgrade. The, the odds of them figuring that out are slim to none. But just in case they did, um, that was an upgrade. You should depreciate it. Well, okay, now I'll depreciate it. I'll take it all as a Section 179 deduction. The tax is going to be exactly the same, so they can't penalize me. There's no difference in tax, so there's nothing to penalize me on. So I'm not going to get too excited about this. I, I think, like I say, he either is misunderstanding this or people misunderstood him when he was explaining it. Well, I went back, Kevin, I went back and listened to it on demand, and he did. I, he exactly said it the way that I presented it to you and that you've already heard. And, yeah, I... You know, maybe he got his stuff crossed up or what, but there was one other thing he mentioned, too, that raised my eyebrow on a uh, supply deduction. Now, he didn't really specify how this breaks out, but he said you only had a $200 cap. I don't know if that's a quarter cap or a month cap or a yearly cap. See, I didn't I, get that from him in, the, in his um, I, I don't pr- know. presentation on Dave Nemo's show. Sometimes, you know, here's the thing. There's 700,000 pages of tax code or, or whatever the number is. It's too big to even remember. I don't know where he's reading or where any of the accountants read some of this stuff. I mean, I've tore through everything. I have never found any place in the code where it says there's any cap on supplies. Supplies are supplies. I mean, I could have $20,000 worth of supplies. I, some businesses have $2 million worth of supplies. Now, we could give it another name if we want. You know, honestly... It, it, there's nothing in the tax code that would stop me from calling fuel a supply, isn't it? I mean, don't we need a supply yeah. of fuel to run our truck, right? We could use that word. And here's the thing. If the IRS comes in and they do an audit and under supplies, I put fuel. So I've got $80,000 in there. Well, they could say, wait a minute, that's not a supply, it's fuel. Well, okay, I'll change the word to fuel. Tax is still the same. So why? what's the big deal? Yeah. So I, I don't, well, one of the things we're doing, um, you know, I did taxes for a lot of years. Taxes are complicated. You do have to stay up on the research. I still stay up on the research, but one of the things we're doing for our tax services, we are partnering um, with one of the top five accounting firms in the country. They'll be doing a lot of the work on the back end for us. And we're doing that to make sure we are absolutely up to date on every single regulation, every single new rule. I mean, that's what these companies do. We do it, but I, I want a second level of 
protection because the IRS is, you know, crazy about this kind of stuff. But I, I will, I, I'm going to run all these issues by them. I've done the research. I'm going to make sure, you know, that I run it by them. They've done the research. So I, I'm confident we're going to get this right. I, I don't know where some of these other accountants are coming up with these rules, really. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm, I'm on your list to become one of your customers. Uh, so I can't wait till that happens. Because I tell you, the way things are going with our tax codes and, and how they're changing, it's scaring the you-know-what out of me and my wife. And we've been doing our own taxes now since I've been owner-operator owner now for five years. Yeah. And yeah. we're at the point, we're scared to death to start doing it anymore. Yeah. Or I, continue I don't, doing it. I, I don't blame you. And that's kind of why, as like I said, I'm totally confident. I do all the research. I've been doing taxes for a lot of years. But just because the IRS is getting a little uh, Nazi-like, the you know all the stories we're going to add a second layer of protection we're going to partner with a, uh, a a big five accounting firm and we're going to make sure that we have that second level of accountability on every tax return we do so I, i'm not saying that any of this stuff you've heard on the radio is wrong what i'm saying is i can't find it yet that, that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. There's a lot of pages of tax code. I've looked pretty hard. I don't see it. I'm going to go get a second opinion from people who do nothing but this kind of work every day. And uh, coming up soon, we will do a special episode podcast uh, on taxes, and we'll cover all those issues before the end of the year. Let's see. Let's head off to Nebraska. Scott, welcome to the program. Hi, Kevin. Thanks for taking my call. Okay. Um, the issue I'm running into, uh, probably the last week or so, I noticed uh, low RPM lack of power. I get under 1,500, and this truck just falls on its base. Um, my fuel mileage is tanked, and for some reason, when I step on the accelerator, this thing smokes like an old B-model can. Uh-oh. Uh, 07 ISX. Yeah. Oh, boy. All right. So when was the last time the overhead was set? Probably a year ago. You know, I would get back into the top end. Have the, you know, the ISX is just notorious for wiping out the cam. And when that cam starts to go, you'll have these kind of problems. And so there are there are certainly other things that could cause this. But because the ISX is known for that and, and we need to keep an eye on that cam, that would be my first recommendation. Get back into the top end, set the overhead, and inspect everything up there. Okay. Thank you very much. You're welcome. This engine is notorious for that. I think the 07 was probably the worst year. And you will start noticing those kinds of issues as we start to lose the lobes off that cam. Let's go to North Carolina. Roger, welcome to the program. Yeah, Kevin, how are you doing today? Doing good. What can I help you with? I've got one of these good good trucks you don't care much for, a Freightliner Classic, a 98 model. Okay. And it's got over 2 million, it's got over two million miles on it. But what I did, uh, I talked to Bruce. I was going to let them do their thing to it, but it didn't make it. It came apart at the wrist pins. Okay. 
and I put a recon in, I put a recon engine in it. And I'm thinking about going to synthetic. I got 35,000 miles on it, and I'm thinking about going to a Schaefer synthetic blend. What do you think about that oil? I like it. I, or is I, blend I, a good thing to go? Yeah, the blends are good. Uh, and I ran Schaefer for uh, quite a while, liked it. You know, I, I, I'll, I'll always say that I can't, I still can't come up with a clear, a clear criteria for telling you that one oil is better than another. I, I just can't. In fact, right. I, I can't even find where it's consistent. Like sometimes Rotella works just fantastic. Put Rotella in some engines, it tends to burn more oil. Uh, put Rotella in an older Series 60, you get a lot of blow-by sometimes. But then you, the, the same oil will act totally different on a, just a different engine. Might even be the same kind of engine. So I can't find anything consistent, and I can't find any way to clearly say this oil is better than that oil. In fact, if I could, I would have an oil company as a sponsor because many of them have approached us and they want to partner with us. But, but I have to explain that to them. I have to say, look, are you okay with me going on the air and saying, hey, look, we, we've partnered with Castrol because we like them and they're paying us money, but I can't promise you that their oil is better than everybody else's. Most pe- most companies right. just aren't very excited about hearing me say that. And I've got to be honest, until somebody can show me a way to say this oil is better than that one, I can't pick one. But I use Schaefer's for a long time. Great oil. Got good fuel economy. My oil samples held up well. So certainly nothing wrong with it. Well, does it blend? Does it blend? I've been running Delvac, which I have no problem with Delvac. The only thing with running Schaefer is, you know, you can't buy it out here. You got to carry it with you. Cause I do the Gulf Coast filters and I got I do the changes and you know right. I got to add oil so I got to have uh, oil yeah. with me was my concern with that. I have no problem with the Delvac, but I just been looking through like you just said all the things you just said is right. Cause I've been looking through on different oil sites and just checking out. But is a blend will that help? I'm, I'm looking at fuel mileage because I do got the air tabs, I do got the fan system, I do got the air air filters. Yeah, the, the uh, blend the blend I, will improve fuel economy, and there are some blends on the market. We're seeing some five thirty weight blends. Those will really improve fuel economy. In fact, a five thirty blend will give you better fuel economy than a five forty full synthetic. I've got to get to a break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Check out the website. It's letstruck.com. If you need any help from us, you can reach us at 855-800-FUEL. That's for the Let's Truck team. Anything we can do to help you out, 855-800-FUEL. Stick around. I'm Kevin Rothford. 